Welcome to the Twee Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch we are counseling on John Rich's Redneck Riviera Whiskey. 90s country made a positive mark on me. I love the stories they told, the sense of pride they carried, and the twangy string instruments. Of course, country music wasn't always like this. Country music pioneers, for better or worse, created new sounds and new tones by mixing genres in order to infiltrate and widen their market. People like Conway Twitty and Johnny Cash paved a way for 90s country artists like Billy Ray Cyrus, the Dixie Chicks, and Sawyer Brown. People of the early 2000s like Keith Urban, Rascal Flatts, and Big and Rich paved a way for today's artists like Florida Georgia Line, Morgan Wallen, and Jason Aldean. And that brings me to today's topic of John Rich of Big and Rich. A little of his career, a little of his extracurriculars, and a lot of his whiskey, Redneck Riviera. But where did John Rich get his start? Has he ever been in a full band? What is a Texas C? How was he connected to Donald Trump? Is his whiskey any good? Does it mix well? Can you class up a redneck Riviera? What does proof mean? And is this an American version of a Canadian whiskey? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Nick on the Tweed couch. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining me here on the couch to talk about something that I think that you probably don't want to talk about. And that is John Rich, the mainstream country guy, because you consider yourself more of that like indie rock. Yeah, more indie rock, even the pop rock, even hard rock and maybe early 90s country. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and we're going to get into some of those. But the thing is, is that we're going to talk about John Rich, who is from the duo Big and Rich, which was really big into like country rock rap together. But they're considered a country band. And honestly, John Rich is the only thing that makes them country because he is country to the core. But their sound was not country. No, not very much. No, not at all. And in that, we're going to talk about his whiskey, which is the Redneck Riviera Whiskey. So this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So real quick, yeah, we're going to start with kind of his early life a little bit. And I don't know if you know this, because this is irony to me, is that John Rich is the son of a Baptist preacher. Oh, no way. Yeah. And he made an alcohol. <laughs> Not very Baptist of him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's interesting, uh, you know, and he is from Texas. He's from Amarillo. Okay. But ended up doing a lot of growing up over in Tennessee where he was in Dickerson and ended up graduating from high school from Dickerson High School in Tennessee. And while he was in high school, he would actually sing at the Opryland USA. Okay. So, dude's got some chops, I'm sure. For sure. You know, even as a youngster. So, Opryland, is that an amusement park? I think it might be an amusement park. 
I, it's in Nashville. Okay. I, I know that much. And it's probably a part of the whole Opryland thing, like the Gaylord properties. And He's singing for tourists. Yeah. From, from early age. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And one more thing that I do want to mention that I think is kind of interesting is that he got his high school diploma. And he grew up in a double wide trailer in Tennessee. <laughs> I know it's in Redneck Riviera, right? It, it makes sense. It, it's fitting it, right? But there is something that is kind of interesting to all of this because he ended up joining a band while he was in Tennessee that was called the Texasy. The Texasy. Yes. Interesting. A mashup of Texas and Tennessee, Tennessee. But they ended up changing their name. And the name they changed to was Lone Star. No way. He is one of the founding members of Lone Star. Okay. You didn't right. know that, did you? I did not know that. That's crazy. <laughs> so you're a big 90s country fan. Which I like Lone Star. Yeah. Absolutely. I had no idea. I had no idea. I shouldn't say I'm not like a super fan, right? Because I right. clearly didn't know that John Rich was a member. But I like their stuff. Yeah, so this is the interesting part, though, is you remember early Lone Star, like no news? Okay, I don't remember that You can one. tell a phone, tell a friend, tell a lie about where she's been, send a pigeon, send a fax, write it on a postage I, stamp, you know, whatever. Yes, it's yeah. coming back. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to sing the whole song to you. It, um, <laughs> Sadly, it's coming back. <laughs> But the thing is, is that he was with them and there there was a few good, solid singles that they had in that. But what made it so interesting was in January of 1998, okay. he was asked to leave the band. Huh. And I think before we talk about that, we should probably go ahead and open up. I know we usually open up after the break, but I think it's it's time that we drink I, a little early. Let's do it. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's open it up. Which glass? Because you brought a ton of glasses. I have no idea which one I'm supposed to put this in. Well, if we're drinking it neat and we're starting, you know, that way, um, let's pour it into the Glen. Oh, yeah. So like with a similar podcast, we'll start by looking at the legs, right? So you tilt the glass towards you and see what happens as the alcohol runs down the inside so it looks like it streaks pretty fast mm -hmm. now as i look at it i'm looking at the bottle and the bottle says that it is 80 proof so what does the proof have to do with anything um 80 proof so it's 40 percent alcohol by volume because you double the percentage of alcohol by volume to okay. get the proof and the proof is the measure that they use for the amount of the strength of the alcohol, the amount of alcohol in the drink. So what you're telling me is, is that this is 60% water and 40% alcohol. Probably some other stuff along the way, but <laughs> very simple. <laughs> yes, that would be right. Wouldn't that just be great? Okay, so now we're supposed to sniff it? Sniff it. I get ethanol to the nose. I get, which is crazy because... It's 80 proof, which is 40% alcohol by volume, but this smells like almost straight ethanol. Yeah. I get a lot of sugar, though, but oh. it's not the, like, smooth sugar. It's like a quick sugar. Yeah, I get that vanilla, which is 
probably the the sugar. That's it. You want to taste it? Man, that ethanol is strong. Yeah, let's taste it. Oh. Surprisingly smooth. It's actually really smooth. What I smelled for ethanol did not come to the palate. It did not come to the palate, and um, it's not even on the finish. It um, it's really that vanilla caramel, mm-hmm. butterscotch. There is not much oak to it. Now, one of the things that I remember reading about this one is they actually said that it's a lot like a Canadian whiskey, but it's American. It's young. It says it's 95% American light whiskey aged two years and 5% hmm. American aged at least one year. Hmm. And they are calling it whiskey, so they do not have to hit that magic number for bourbon. Well, and, you know, they put the age statement on the label, right? So 95% American light whiskey aged two years and 5% American whiskey aged at least one year. Okay. Um, and I do notice on the label that it is a whiskey they aren't calling it bourbon so oh um, yeah yeah it can be it can be two years well what hold on what makes it a bourbon again oh right it's um aged in new oak barrels okay the mash bill is 51 percent corn mm-hmm. and it's aged in the barrels for a minimum of two years okay yeah that's right okay yeah and then i know there's other rules for oh, other things all and kinds of things uh, but yeah, rules you know, what's interesting about that, do you see that they actually put what it tastes like on the label? I was just looking at that. It says vanilla, honey, smoothness, and a subtle oak finish. And they are spot on with the vanilla and spot on with the smooth. Yeah. And actually, as far as the oak, I don't really taste much oak. I'm not getting any oak. So I actually like this. This reminds me of like a pool drink. It's pretty refreshing. You know, it's hot outside and you want to sip something in the shade and yeah, a Redneck Riviera I feel like I'm on. Well, you know, the Redneck Riviera, if you're familiar with the uh, Florida Panhandle and the beaches down there, Destin, it's known as the Redneck Riviera. You're kidding. I'm not. (laughs) Been there a number of times and uh, we joke about it that we are enjoying the Redneck Riviera. It's beautiful sand beaches, beautiful turquoise water, um, tons of fine people. Why would they call it the Redneck Riviera, though? So similar to the French Riviera, which is very classy, beautiful beaches, beautiful Mm -hmm. water, the elite rich, you know, from Europe travel there and vacation. The Redneck Riviera in Destin, it... um, a good american getaway okay hit the beach bring your family party hard enjoy life i love it it's the redneck riviera it's beautiful i love it and this isn't even a florida drink because obviously he's from texas and tennessee but has torn all over the place so to mention something else about the redneck riviera something that you may not know is for every bottle that's purchased 10 percent of it actually goes to scholarships for families of fallen soldiers. Okay. Number one, that is an amazing uh, donation that they're giving. Oh, yeah. I, I noticed on the back of the label, it's the Folds of Honor. So yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So really, I think that it was important that we actually go ahead and drink this whiskey because, I mean, we are helping the world. Really? I think we should have another. I I think we're drinking to freedom. (laughs) We're drinking to freedom. (laughs) (laughs) We're only on the first drink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
we're not even done with like sip four. No. Okay, so I'm gonna ask another question because the thing is, is that the proof on this is eighty proof, which right. seems like it's kind of light. Mm-hmm. And this is easy to drink, so you know maybe it means instead of somebody who goes, well, I can only have one or two. Well, maybe now they can have two or three instead. Maybe a little deceiving. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, 80 proof, um, it's still, you know, I would encourage everyone to drink responsibly oh, yeah. and pay attention. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would say it, it doesn't really have that much of a difference in being able to drink more. Oh, okay. Now it being 80 proof, I don't know if you've ever heard the term 86, like, oh, I just 86 that I, I have. Do you know where that comes from? Isn't it a military thing where file 86, which is mm-hmm. for trash? Okay. So y- sort of, I don't, you're on the right track. It actually is an alcohol reference because everything needed to be bottled and bond hundred proof. Okay. Yep. Well, when they lowered that standard back down and you could have it at 90 proof, 90 proof was still considered really good. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden the fifties happened cocktails started happening and there were some bourbons that weren't very good and they would get cut a little bit more and they'd only be 86 proof and they would go oh get the stuff that's been 86 the stuff that's not as good as the higher shelf interesting so that's actually where the term 86 when something got 86 it got sent to be mixed interesting so this is 80 if i wanted to mix this much like with John Rich's career, where he has mixed that country rock rap. He has all of his little facets of different things. He's been all country and he has been into entrepreneurship and everything. If I wanted to mix up, what would I do to mix this? We know, I think there are hundreds of mixed drink recipes and whiskey's a fantastic mixer. Lots of versatility in what you can do. But I think... We would be remiss if we didn't mm-hmm. start with probably one of the more popular mixes, especially if you're talking about the beach mm-hmm. or uh, just a nice summer evening type drink as you're listening to some great music would be a whiskey and Coke. Oh, sure. I mean, well, I mean, we are drinking the Redneck Riviera. There's nothing more redneck than just splashing some alcohol in your soda. That's it. Or the other way around, some soda in your alcohol. Maybe a little soda in the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give it a shot. All right. We've got a nice can of soda here. Pop. It'll be great. Get that open. So should we just add ice to the Glencairn or do we need a different type of glass? So I would say a different type of glass. So if I was, you know, at a at a fire pit having a great, you know, evening. If I was on the beach, I would have a Yeti tumbler or I'd have, you know, um, some type of open larger sized glass where I could put some ice, some bourbon or whiskey and the pop. Okay. All right. So do you want to use something tall? Yeah. Let's use that taller glass. Okay. That you have sitting there. So a little secret, and I'll credit the Starbucks barista for this. Put the whiskey in the glass first on top of the ice. And then when you pour the Coke in, 
it actually mixes as it's pouring in. So you don't have to mess with spoons and stirring it all up. That's absolutely brilliant. Actually, when I do cream in my coffee, I put the cream in and then I throw in the hot coffee. And it mixes, and it perfect. mixes perfect. Yep. But if I do cold coffee, then I put in the coffee and I put the other on top and then I have to stir it. And you have to stir yeah. it or shake or something annoying. This way, nothing extra needed. So what mixture are we doing here? Because it looked like it was kind of like a one-third, two-thirds. Yeah, and it and this is the beauty of the you know, the whiskey coke. It's you can make it as strong or as weak as you like. I've been with friends or, you know, um hanging out and have poured <laughs> three parts whiskey, one part coke. Uh, okay. where it looks almost like there's no coke in it at all. Or one part whiskey and three parts Coke. It's as weak or as strong as you like. So here we're probably one to three. One part whiskey, three parts Coke, right? Okay. Keeping it kind of light. Yeah, super easy to drink. It's not like it's turned it diet. It's just <laughs> turned it a different flavor. Before they made vanilla Coke, I would say it's like a vanilla Coke. You've Absolutely. Got, you've got that vanilla and that sugar from the whiskey with a little bit of the carbonation and sweet from the cola. Uh, well, while we're sipping on this, let's talk a little bit more about John Rich and his career. Sure. Because we mentioned Lone Star, and I said that he actually was no longer with the band as of January of 1998. Now, mm. one of the songs you may remember as one of the biggest Lone Star songs ever was Amazed. Oh, I remember. Baby, I'm amazed <laughs> by you. Oh, yeah. And... The reason why I bring that up is because it was actually a defining moment for John Rich. Because he was with the band, decided he wasn't going to be with the band anymore. Well, the other way around. Really, the oh. idea was that, and, and this is something he's talked about more recently, that he wanted to write more songs like Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. They wanted to write more songs like Mr. Mom. Got it. So him being about 24 years old, still pretty immature, having a clear vision on what he wanted to do, but not a clear vision on how to get there. There he is making some decisions. And they went, you know what? Just go. And he left. But one could say he knew what he wanted and it wasn't what the band was producing. So he... Stood his ground, stood his principles. Like, I you know, kind of respect that. I also respect that Lone Star saw it and went, you know what? We're not jiving. This is not working out. He was an okay bass player. He's admitted that. He was not the best. And actually, one of the statements he said was, they let you be in the band. <laughs> and you went away. And this was the gut punch for him. Was he was at the CMAs. He experienced it with Lone Star. He got fired. They started working on a new album. CMAs happened again, and he wasn't there. He was sitting in his living room in his apartment. Just watching it. Yep. And they played Amazed on stage. And he went, they're playing one of the greatest country songs of all time. It was big. And I'm watching it from right here in my recliner. And it's Last one of those moments where you look and you go... Holy crap, I could have rode those coattails. I could have been a part of this. I could have my name put to it. I've been set for life. Less than a year ago, he was there. That was his. Yeah. His 
his to be a part of. He was, I mean, he's a founding member. So it's wow. pretty amazing. But the thing is, is that kind of a gut punch? You have two options. Option one, I quit. I'm a failure. I'm done. Option two is I said what I wanted to do. I was very clear. I was ready to go to the next level. It is time to go to the next level. Now you have to produce. You have to do it. Yeah. And so that's what he did. He started doing more songwriting. He started getting his butt up there and and doing things. He started a solo career of some sort. And, you know, eventually ended up going to whiskey. Right. As many people do, whether you (laughs) success or or in failure. (laughs) But, I mean, if you've reached like the 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 pinnacle of success in your recording career, yeah, the next natural step is make a whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Brad Paisley, he made his. Oh, that's right. Of course, he doesn't drink, so that makes it hilarious. And of course, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up Metallica, right? Who doesn't really drink anymore either? But makes a pretty fine whiskey. They do. It's actually really good. <laughs> so, what's interesting in this? John Rich missed out on songs like Amazed, mm-hmm. Already There, I'm Already There. Another uh, great one. Front Porch Looking In. Another great it's a song. top, we can barely walk with a sippy cup of milk. I mean, there's a lot of great right. songs that he missed out on. But at the same time, he has some pretty great songs on his own. As we look at, of course... His time with Lone Star and how, you know, I mean, really, it's kind of short-lived when you think about how large and how long his career went. It's probably worth it to go back a little bit to the whiskey and ask this question. Much like he had to kind of change and go to something else and really kind of form into and meld with a different type of crowd, a different type of music. Okay. What other things can a whiskey be mixed with? To make certain kind of cocktails. Mm. You know, it's, I think I said it earlier, it's, it's incredibly versatile mixer. It's, it's funny when I remember, you know, the, the first few times I'm at a bar and I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed when you look and you see all of that whiskey and all of that other liquor that's behind the bar. And there's a crowd of people usually around you and it's your turn and the bartender says, what are you having? What are you having? Mm-hmm. And you freeze. You're like, I don't know where to start. Because oh, if yeah. I want a whiskey drink, there's 20 different whiskeys on the shelf. And so how do you know what to do with what? Right. And then all of a sudden you're pointing at something going, uh, I'll take that bottle because it looks cheap. And then you find out it's 25 year pappy. Right. $75 a pour. $75 a pour. <laughs> and the bartender's right there to pour it it's like yep. yep you got it you got it whatever you want don't forget my tip is about eight dollars <laughs> but what i i think you know one of the first drinks i had with whiskey was a whiskey sour and uh okay it, uh it's pretty easy to drink it's pretty easy to mix and it's pretty approachable so most i would make fun of my brother and my brother-in-law for okay. drinking a girl drink. But um, <laughs> it's actually a pretty refreshing, we'll call it summertime drink, that um, mm-hmm. is pretty easy to make. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I remember being in my early 20s and going to a wedding that had an open bar. Okay. You know, just pick whatever you want. Yeah. And I walked up to the bartender and I said, I drink beer. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm supposed to 
drink at one of these things. So I'm going to ask you, what do I want? And his suggestion was two things. Yep. He said an amaretto sour, which okay. would be a sour drink, much like what we're talking about. Right. Or doing a soda with some peach schnapps in it. So it was like <laughs> yes. a little bit of Sprite and a little bit of peach schnapps. And I had both and I went, you know what? They were both very good, very refreshing. Yeah. So, you know what? I think you're on the right track. So what actually goes into making one of these whiskey sours that we're going to make with John Rich's Redneck Riviera whiskey? Yeah, I think, you know, we can keep it really simple as you make one of these um, whiskey sours and simple ingredients that are are pretty easy to find. You know, so we'll call this the um, the simple sour. And okay. Um, we'll use some amaretto. We'll use John Rich's Redneck Riviera bourbon or whiskey, sorry, some lemon juice, and then bitters. Bitters. We'll shake that together with some ice and serve it up. Okay. What are bitters? Bitters typically are a neutral alcohol that they infuse with any type of herb or um, a botanical, anything savory. It does add a bitter taste to whatever cocktail you're mixing. But yeah, it's it's a floral or, or a botanical or an herb-based alcohol that's used just for mixing. All right, well, then I think we need to mix this thing up. Let's do it. The sour the, that we're going to drink is not going to be served over ice. So I'm just going to put inside the, the shaker some ice cubes. And then I will put in one and a half ounces of amaretto. What's that silver thing you're using to pour into? Oh, the silver thing. So it's a bartender's best friend for measuring out drinks. So it's called a jigger. And one side is a one ounce pour. And the other side, you flip it over, it's a half ounce pour. And so you can quickly measure your drinks with one little cup. So you'd be the same thing if one were to like take a shot glass. Because, you know, isn't it a shot glass like two ounces? Shot glass? Well, it depends. (laughs) Depends on what size shot glass you've got. Um, But yes, uh, you could usually get about two ounces in a shot glass. So we got an ounce and a half of the amaretto, and I spilled some. It's okay. Yeah. We'll put a half ounce of the whiskey. I almost feel like you should do a whole ounce since it's John Rich's whiskey. Well, just we kidding. Can, <laughs> we can. There's no. That's the beauty of these mix. If you want just a little bit extra, we can put a little extra. So you know what? Why not? Why not extra? Now, just so everybody knows, we are going to do a few different drinks and we decide we are going to split every drink. So we're we're not going nuts when you're like, holy cow, I think they're on their fourth drink. (laughs) Well, more closer to the second drink. Somewhat responsible. Um, And then so I've got the one and a half ounces of amaretto, a little more than a half ounce of the whiskey. And I'm going to put an ounce of lemon juice. Again, it's a sour, so the sour is going to come from the lemon. So why wouldn't you use like a sweet and sour mix or something like that? So simple 
is the um the sugar content. Those things are so much sugar. Oh yeah. Yeah. So using just simple ingredients to get the same taste without all the added calories from sugar. So you're making a whiskey sour light. L-I-T-E. Whiskey sour light. L-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I'm pretty sure that Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers is like all in on this. H- have to be. Yeah. They absolutely have to be. <laughs> so so now we have just an aromatic bitter. And again, that's that uh, it's, a, it's an, a neutral alcohol that they've infused with some um, aromatics. Okay. And uh, so we'll put, and bitters are typically put in with uh, dashes. Okay. So again, it's, it's um, like when you say just a dash of bitter, it's you know two or three drops of the bottle. Okay. Right. So dash, dash, dash. Right. Ends up being probably five or six drops. Okay. Right. So that's it's an interesting right. color. Yep. Right on top. Oh, it's such a great smell too. Really, um, aromatic is right. So you've got the amaretto, you got the whiskey, you've got the lemon juice, and you've got the bitters, and you put the top on your shaker and shake it. Excellent. And so on the top of most shakers, you've got a little strainer that you can pour it. So you keep the ice in the cup, but uh, any way you can just to pour it, now you've shaken it in the ice and uh, we'll pour it into our cups. Okay. And you wanted to use that more of like a, what do they call that? A low ball glass? Yeah, this is a low ball, right? It. Um, what do you think about the logo on it? Tweed couch that's amazing you must have some pretty awesome listeners to send that you know to you. it was pretty awesome i had a very good friend who has a husband and that husband is becoming more and more a really good friend because <laughs> well he's really he's a great guy I mean, with just, gifts like this why not yeah and he's a great guy and and we've hung out a number of times but he just decided one day i know a guy who would love this and he just did it that's amazing yeah which is the reason why he should be a great friend not because he gives gifts but because out of nowhere he sees something and goes that reminds me of this person i'm thinking of them i want to do something special super thoughtful gift you're right super thoughtful gift super cool so tweed couch glasses very fun tweed couch glasses here we go the simple sour yeah Ooh, i like the smell All right, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a break for the sponsors. We're going to sip a little bit, and then we will come back. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Here's another sponsor. Are you wanting to join a party with a purpose? If you love music and camping, then come to LifeFest in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'll see you there. Here is our last sponsor. Since 2003, the Kretzman Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Kretzman started a production of a solid body electric guitar for anyone student to expert. You can check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That is delicious. It's really good. That is actually way better than the Coke and Riviera. Oh, 100%. Way better. This is amazing. This is your pool drink. It's a a pool drink, a late afternoon. Where did you get this recipe? (laughs) 
you know, that's a beautiful thing, right? You can search all kinds of websites and find simple recipes that are out there. And you can take bits and pieces of other recipes and kind of make it your own. So again, we upped the, the whiskey content in this. Well, and I'm glad we did because now I get a little more of the vanilla. Because before that, it was a lot of the lemon. And I taste the amaretto, but the amaretto is actually like dropped down considerably because I think the whiskey the content and the no. lemon. And then you have that aromatic bitters. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it really was like three dashes. That's all I put in it. That's amazing. And then you can start experimenting, right? Because we used an aromatic bitter, but they have all different flavors of bitter. And so you may choose one that I've played with is a black walnut bitter. And they've got, um, you know, an orange bitter. And so there's just endless possibilities of taking some of these real simple cocktails and um, making your own flavor profile out of them. Well, and that's interesting because to bring it back to the music, we look at the flavor profile. And I don't know if you know this, but when John Rich started really getting into this idea of, okay, I'm now an artist who's on his own. I'm now someone who's writing music. I am possibly writing music for other artists, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be the one to perform it. I have to do it with Taylor Swift in mind. I have to do it with... Dolly Parton in my, okay he didn't work with Dolly he didn't but, work with Dolly you know I'm, but I'm sure he's met Dolly I'm sure because Dolly's met everyone because she's amazing right but we've discussed this before this is we, nothing new this is nothing new no surprise but the thing is is that when we look at his career at some point all of a sudden he met this guy named William Kenneth Alfin hmm. we know of him as Big Kenny oh no way. He's the big and big and rich. I had no idea that was his full name. Yeah. And so Willie, I'm just kidding. Big. <laughs> what do you call him? Kenny? Anyway. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you look at Big Kenny, he is a rock guy. And he's got that deep voice. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, growly and amazing. And then you have John Rich, who's actually a lot higher of a pitch. And you put both of them together, two songwriting gurus, and then you have them kind of work together a little bit, and neither of them thought they could be a duo. But two producers looked at him and said, you know, you could make a go of this. And they did. And that's one of the things that I think is so amazing about it, was things you didn't expect to work out. You know, lemon, some bitters some amaretto and then whiskey over ice. And now all of a sudden you end up with something like this, which by the way, I'm so sorry that you cannot try this because it is amazing. It's pretty amazing. The thing that is crazy to me is I look at big and rich and where they came from. And this is one of those things that as I look at country music in general, They didn't know what to do with Conway Twitty's rock, and they didn't know what to do with Johnny Cash's outlawness. But what they did was they paved a way for the country that we loved. I mean, you almost can call it a pop country. 
yeah well and and even working into that like rock country now it wasn't mm-hmm. rap country yet that wasn't Not, really a thing it is now it is now but it wasn't at that time right but those people paved a way so that people like john michael montgomery could do the grundy county auction <laughs> Oh, baby, won't you give me a sign? I'll do anything to get your mind on mine. I'll do your bidding and be at your beck and call. I mean, seriously. <laughs> seriously. These are all things that I think are because of those type of pioneers. Well, now you put into the early 2000s and you look at those pioneers and Big and Rich is one of them. Because if it wasn't for Big and Rich, do you really think that Florida Georgia Line yeah. or Sam Hunt... Or even Jason Aldean, who is very rock, really has a chance. You know, it's, it's I don't interesting. Think so. they, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on to something. They, they really did start that. Because typically duos were in the same kind of sound. Well, Brooks and Dunn. Great example. Great right? example. And actually, Lone Star, originally... You had Richie, who was singing lead vocals. He's the one that we know from No News. He's the one we know from right. Amazed. He's the one from Front Porch Looking In. He is that guy. But John Rich was actually shared lead vocals with Lone Star in the first few years. Interesting. So some of those songs in that first album was him singing lead, and Richie was the harmonies. Hmm. But, of course... We're looking at Things. the country and the time, right. and yes, Brooks and Dunn was able to happen, but it was also named Brooks and Dunn, not Lone Star. Right. Lone Star implies it is a band as opposed to Brooks and Dunn says was it's a, a duo. duo. Totally so agree. in this case, it made it very difficult for that to translate really well. Well, now you've got John Rich and you have Big Kenny getting together, and you got Big and Rich. And it's okay to have that duo. And they are different people. And they come from different backgrounds. And because of that, they created something that was pretty amazing. Like this drink. Yeah. No, yeah. Well said. Now, I don't want to leave one of the big accolades of Big and Rich alone in the fact that they've had 10 top 40 hits. Which is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a lot. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah, and you would think that one of their number ones was Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Huh. Because I'll be honest, that's what I always think. That's unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite parts is when John Rich just yells out, And we made love! <laughs> I just... I don't know why. It's like an anthem. It's... Honestly, what I think is interesting is it wasn't Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, which I think was probably the anthem song of pretty much every bar during the like early 2000s. Unfortunately, yeah. Mid-2000s area, yeah. But it was actually a wedding song that was lost mm. in this moment. I'm telling you, man. Every wedding, that was the song. I don't know when that thing was released, but it was probably released in like January or February of that year. And it gave enough time for it to be basically every redneck Riviera person's wedding for the next two years, three years, decade. Yes. Easy. Mm -hmm. Which makes it a number one. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And it's what they're known for now, which is great. Yes. 
So let's go ahead and let's do a little bit of a transition. Okay. Because we should do one more drink. But the thing is, I feel like we've been a little redneck ourselves. We have. Because basically what we've done is we drank it straight, not redneck. Right. Then we mixed it with Coke, got a little redneck. Like it. Then you manufactured whatever this thing is that I am currently finishing going, wow, that's amazing. But at the same time, it's a simple, easygoing, simple look. I'm finally out of college and I can be a little bit more okay with my life. And I feel like we got to class it up a little bit Hmm. because this is what happened with John Rich was after he's gotten his full success, his time to stand on the stage at the CMAs, singing his song, doing his thing and having his time. He's multifaceted Mm. and he actually jumped over into more of the entrepreneurship. Okay. And I feel like a working man, someone, and I'm thinking sixties, fifties. Okay. Working man. He's done with his day. Mm -hmm. He just wants his pipe. He wants his paper. What is my drink that I'm headed to now? So here's a great drink. If you're, at the steakhouse, if you're at the executive lounge, mm-hmm. if you're going to get drinks with the boss, okay. a little more sophisticated type experience. Okay. Um, probably one of the the more, we'll call it fancy, whiskey drink or bourbon drink okay. would be the Manhattan. Oh, of course. And, you know, the Manhattan is one of those that my mother loves them. She has them, but she doesn't have them often. She always goes, oh, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. And it's kind of thick and robust. Oh, it's a pretty stout drink. And I've had it before, and I've been like, okay, it's good. Here's what we can do, because there's variations on all of these drinks, right? And just like we said, you can find bits and pieces of recipes and kind of make your own. So the... Simple sour that we made mm-hmm. was one and a half ounces of amaretto and a half ounce or a little more of the whiskey. So we're going to do, and they will call it an Italian Manhattan, and okay. we'll flip it. And we'll do an ounce and a half of the whiskey and a half ounce of the amaretto, along with some um, maraschino cherry juice, right? Ooh, okay. And that'll give us a little bit of the sweet. Um, but we'll have a lot more of the whiskey flavor with a little bit of amaretto. And that'll be our, um, we'll call it the Italian Manhattan. Nice. We're going to bring the Redneck Riviera to Italy. To Italy. Darn exactly right. what Let's we're going to do. Let's do it. We'll put some ice in our mixing cup. Now, is there a special kind of glass that you're supposed to use with this? So... The Manhattan glass is uh, it, it's a really shallow stemmed, almost like wine glass. But okay. and again, I've seen them served in rocks glasses. I've seen them served in a mm-hmm. low ball. I've seen them served in those kind of fancy Manhattan glass where okay. it's a stem, but it's very very shallow. And then so the maraschino cherry, instead of putting a cherry in it, we're just going to take some of the juice and probably quarter of an ounce and uh steven i see you've got some fancy stemmed shallow manhattan glasses over there it's pretty manhattan like that's pretty fancy yeah i know oh i know 
So we'll shake it really well. All right, so we've shaken it over ice and we've put the strainer on and we've poured it into the Manhattan glass. I will say this thing is the froofiest looking thing ever. Oh, it's froofy. Because it is pretty much a hot pink. I mean, if you're wanting to, in the fact that it's in a stem glass that is so shallow that I have to stick my pinky out. I mean, it forces the pinky. I'm, I'm just saying Embrace that it. if you put this, actually, you want to make this thing redneck, you put it in a shot glass and you call you it a shooter. You, yes. That is probably what we should have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, here we are, pinkies out. Pinkies out. Let's have a sip. Okay. So it's sweet. It is very sweet. So a quarter ounce of cherry juice, and this is the this is the beautiful thing about making these cocktails. The next time I make this, I'd probably cut the cherry down by half. Okay, so you would only instead of doing a quarter, you would do an eighth of cherry. Eighth. So it'd be kind of like the bitters, where you just do a dash. Just a dash. So my question is, if you wanted to try and cut this, not saying that we should just mm. add more alcohol to all of this, but really, if you make the whole thing over again and you don't add any cherry, you've essentially done that. Yes. Yes. Or, I think in the name of science, we kind of have to. I think, I think that we probably should. Because the other thing that I could think of, instead of putting cherry juice in... We use the amaretto and the whiskey and then shake it over ice and then in the glass, add one cherry. Oh, sure. And let the cherry just kind of sit in the glass and... Depends on how long you plan on sipping it and enjoying mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Because the the alcohol, the drink is going to pull some of that cherry out. And so it gives you just a hint of it. Whereas this this drink that we've made here... It hits you in the face with cherry. Lots of cherry. Lots All of right. cherry. So I tell you what, how about you go ahead and you make the non-cherry version mm -hmm. to add to this because this is our last drink. And I'm going to mention a little bit about some of the personal stuff. Some of the things since Big and Rich. Perfect. Don't mind me as I mix. So what's interesting about John Rich is that he is a diehard Republican. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, except for I love that he has made a decision on what he is, who he is. And it's not that he's 100% all in. He knows who he is. And the reason why I find it ironic or at least funny is because back in 2011, I don't know if you know this, but he won the Celebrity Apprentice. Okay. So, <laughs> now wait a minute. He's he's hardcore Republican. Yep. And he's on Celebrity Apprentice yep. with Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> Who ends up becoming our president. But he wins it. Yeah, he wins it. Back in 2011... That's insane. And, you know, the cool thing about the Celebrity Apprentice was they always were working towards a charity. So the charity that he actually did things for was St. Jude's Hospital. Okay. And he ended Good up getting thoughts. somewhere between like $1.2 and $1.5 million. Oh, wow. In charity for them over his time. 
Now, granted, there's other people, too, in all this. So, you know, there's a lot of charities that are getting a lot for this. Sure. That was the year of Jose Canseco being on. No way. He ended up having to leave. That's amazing. It's unfortunate that he had to leave because his father was battling with cancer. So he ended up not finishing. Okay. But that's the year that uh, the John Rich won. It is. That's wild. Can't help but wonder if some of his political angle was shaped by off-camera conversations <laughs> with future number 45, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a fascinating tidbit of information about, uh, about Mr. Rich. Yeah. And, you know, there's some other things. Of course, in 2018, he decided he was going to own his own honky-tonk bar and grill. Why not? Why not? In Nashville? Yeah, you got your own whiskey. And I think this started in, what, 2014? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The last thing that I have to share about John Rich and some of his, like, extra stuff is actually in 2020, he started a TV show on Fox Nation. <laughs> okay, this goes back to the Republican. Okay, why yeah. not, right? He's got it. He has his audience. I get it. Yep, uh-huh. And this show is called the pursuit with john rich and what it is is it's basically him interviewing some of his friends some stars about their drive to success so this is how they made the american dream come true the pursuit which i i love that because if you think about it and what you said standing on his principles he had a different vision of his artistry his sound and so he left lone star yeah and he's doing his principal and he had to watch them get accolades for a maze that he could have been a part of but pursued his passion his dream mm-hmm. and was rewarded for it so i think the the show is uh, it's it's fitting i mean it's a great idea and actually to me this is all somewhat of a redemption story because you were really nice in saying that he left but really he was fired that's, that's true he was fired <laughs> so <laughs> so there is that but but at the same time he was fired based off of principles he didn't quite realize he had yet it was this is the way i am this is the way you are we are at odds Obviously, there is discourse. We need to go our own ways. And even though he may not have been ready to leave the band, it was one of those moments in which I I hate using this term because of kind of where certain things going. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Can we really say this is a biblical thing? No, no. But at the same time, it's God's hand in things going, look, you're down a road. You are not supposed to travel. So choose a different road. It's time for a different road. And on that note, we went a different road with our Italian Manhattan. Oh, we did. And instead of adding even an eighth of an ounce of cherry juice, I just put a cherry in each glass and made the cocktail without any cherry. Okay. So I think we try it. Absolutely. I prefer this. It's still pretty sweet. But there's a lot of cherry still. Actually, it's the amaretto that I'm tasting. Which is interesting because it's a half ounce of amaretto and an ounce and a half of whiskey. Okay, so this probably brings up the most important question that I can ask about this. Is the 80 proof now a factor? It's not about you being able to drink more, 
but it's about the content of so things. You are absolutely right. The eighty proof, the um, the smoothness and sweetness of the vanilla that's in this whiskey is a factor. So I would typically say for a drink like a Manhattan Italian or otherwise, you'd want to get a higher proof. We'll call it hotter whiskey because of the amount of sweet that's coming in from either the vermouth or the amaretto or the cherry. You need something to counter that sweet. So what we have with an 80 proof, pretty heavy vanilla honey whiskey is sweet with sweet with sweet. This is pretty sweet. This is pretty sweet. I could not imagine, because it still is hot pink. This is not it's... the man who is smoking the pipe, no. reading his paper in the 50s. No. And I think in a particular setting, it probably would be a great drink to order. But I would say, and here's the beauty, let's try this drink again with a 100 proof whiskey. Yeah, bourbon. but we're doing that another night. <laughs> or let's even go, um, let's go with the rye and see if we get oh. a a hotter grain to offset the sweet from the cherry and amaretto. Okay, so we've probably gotten ourselves to a point where we need to do final thoughts. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out this final thought, which okay. may not actually be a final but it's final for right now. And that is, we're going to do this again. Absolutely. And we're going to try and see if we can find a rye that goes with a musician. Okay. I, I like, I like the challenge. I guess heaven's door is a rye, but we've done, we've been done Bob Dylan. We've enough. done, we've done <laughs> Bob Dylan, but I think, I think we can do some research and find a rye tied to some type of music. And then we can talk about Rise. Let's do it. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts to what we've just done with our Redneck Riviera whiskey? So I've loved learning about the artist, uh, the music, the inspiration that has led him to such a successful career, but also creating a drink. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. I, I love that story. Um, I think my final thought would be, it's it's fun to get together. It's fun to talk about music, art, and whiskey. Mixology. Mixology. Yeah. So with that, to John Rich. To John Rich. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for the Twee Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave five stars in a review. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time. <laughs>